G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Around about Easter time, and I know that's a way off yet, we think and talk a lot about the resurrection of Jesus. But as we continue in this series, Extravagant Grace, we can't keep going without talking about your resurrection, the new life that Jesus came to bring you. Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. And yes, today we're going to spend some time taking a look at what God has to say about the amazing, the stunning new life that He has ready and waiting for you. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free booklet called Extravagant Grace, a booklet that I'd love to send to you to help you lay hold of God's grace, to help you live day by day in God's grace. There are times in our lives when we wish we could have a fresh start, the slate wiped clean and a fresh new future to look forward to. Maybe we're tired of the same old, same old at work, the relationships, doing the same things, going to the same place day after day. Wouldn't a new job or even a new career be fantastic? Or perhaps we've made a mess of something in our lives and we look at ourselves in the mirror and we think, I am such a pitiful sight. If I only could get over this mess that I've made and and move on and start again. And sometimes... It just comes by the way of the proverbial midlife crisis, the desire for a fresh new start. However it comes, there invariably seems to be one problem. The slate never seems to be wiped quite clean enough. The past can come back to haunt us over and over and over again. I guess as I talk about that, this idea of a fresh new start, it makes me think back to 13 years or so ago when I became a Christian. Life well, was pretty much a mess. My fault, greed and working too hard and all that stuff that men of my generation go through in their lives. And everything fell apart on me. The dreams I had for the future lay shattered on the ground. And I never ever thought at that point, when life was was difficult and dark, that I could possibly have a fresh start. You don't when you're in that place. You're not good enough. Nothing will ever happen. The past seems to dominate the future. Have you ever felt like that? I know your story and my story, they're going to be different. You know, we've been through different things. But this sense of wanting just a new start and not being able to lay hold of that is something that so often we go through. And you hear Christians talk about being born again. And back then, that sounded to me like some idea from a cult. But actually, it's not. It's an idea that Jesus came up with. He said, unless you are born again, You simply can't see the kingdom of God. Now that sounds kind of weird, but it speaks about a new start, a new beginning. The Apostle Paul talks about it some more. Last week, and again this week, we're going through a teaching series that I've called Extravagant Grace. People talk about grace as though it's an ordinary thing. But 
grace, God's grace, is far from ordinary. It's extravagant, abundant, over the top. We start seeing God for who he is, a God who wants to bless you and me so outrageously. And then the greatest blessing of all is a new start, a slate wiped completely clean, something he gives us through Jesus Christ. When we have a mess in our lives, whatever we do, however we get there, here and there, we're going to go through this, we're going to go through that. So often, we don't make the connection between what we're going through in life on the one hand and our relationship with God on the other. Whatever you might be going through, let me say this really clearly and succinctly. The answer is Jesus Christ. Let's have a look at what the Apostle Paul writes. If you have a Bible, grab it, open it up. You're going to need it. We're going to Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. What shall we say then, writes Paul? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. We died to sin. How, how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into death in order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Talk about a new start. See, there's a link here between the mess in our lives and our relationship with God. And that link is a small three-letter word called sin. It's when we turn our backs on God, when we go our own way. And there's only one place that's going to end up in a mess. This is for anyone who's never met Jesus Christ. But you know something? This message is also for you if you believe in him. But you're struggling with stuff called sin in your life right now. Because sin is like a cancer. In fact, so often, people give their lives to Jesus, and yet it still feels like an old life and, and not a new life. Because we haven't really made that fresh start. Paul takes us through what happens when we give our lives to Jesus, dying to the old self and rising again to a new life, a life lived for God, a death and a resurrection. There's two ways of looking at this. The first is as an allegory, a metaphor. And I guess it's a useful metaphor as far as metaphors go. A picture is worth a thousand words, and, and death and resurrection is a good metaphor, dying to sin. But what Paul's talking about goes so much further here than just a mere allegory. He's talking about a spiritual reality, a reality that God is calling us to, you and me today, to come to grips with. He's calling us to make the link between the stuff going on in our lives and our sin. Jesus died to pay for our sin. When we put our faith in him, we too die with him. The old man, the old woman, the, the selfish person is nailed to a cross in God's eyes and we rise again with Jesus to a new life, a resurrection life, a life that comes to us by virtue of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's how God sees it. 
And when we die to sin and we rise again as a new man or a new woman, that slate is wiped clean. It is forgiven through what Jesus did on the cross. We have a new start. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The old self is crucified, sin is done away with, and in verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, for sin will no longer have dominion over you, since you are no longer under the rule of law, but under grace. There it is, God's extravagant grace. And what God is saying to us here through Paul is simply this, I have set you free. The old you is dead. Now rise up and take this new life that I have bought for you at such a great price. Come on, take it. It's my invitation to you. It's time for you to see your life the way that I see it. Because my son, Jesus, sin no longer has any power over you. You are free. You are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. Look at this through my eyes. Rise up and live this new life by my grace, by God's extravagant grace. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. The grace of God isn't just a concept. It's not just a theory. The extravagant grace of God is meant to have an impact in your life. It's meant to help you lay hold of the new life that God has ready and waiting for you through Jesus Christ. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Extravagant Grace. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you lay hold of the grace of God in your life. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. So to request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and you'll see that free offer right there toward the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. It really is that easy. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.com. Freedom is the most amazing concept. In fact, freedom is one of the biggest outcomes of experiencing God's extravagant grace in our lives. But again, for most people, freedom isn't that strong a felt need. Yet freedom... Freedom from sin, freedom from the effects of sin, freedom to be all that God's made you to be, freedom to do all that God's made you to do. That sort of freedom is exactly what we need. I can't imagine what it must be like to be a slave. Do you know that today there are over 20 million slaves in this world? 20 million. That's the population of Australia, most of them in the sex trade for prostitution. And and yet so many of us are slaves to our old ways, slaves to ways of thinking and habits and patterns of behaviour that are no less devastating in our lives. It's a form of slavery to self, to a thing that God calls sin, not some old-fashioned moralising notion of sin, just the reality that in so many parts of our lives we can so easily stray away from, from God's wonderful plans, and do it our way, and we end up in slavery to my way. 
It's different for each one of us. We, we each have different Achilles heels, if you like. Perhaps it's anger. You know, there are people who are slaves to anger, or, or maybe it's sexual immorality, or, or money, or, or whatever it is. My hunch is that you know what it is in your life. But here's the thing, you and I have a choice in this matter. You and I are free to choose who or what we want to be slaves to. Over the last 13 years of my life, that's how long it's been since I accepted Jesus Christ as my saviour, I've come to experience a new freedom that I never thought was possible. You see, BJ, before Jesus, I looked at the whole Christianity thing, and to tell you the truth, it appeared to me that if I accepted it, if I became a so-called Christian, I'd end up with a stunted life. So many things you can't do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Who needs that in their lives? I look back on that attitude now and realise that back then, I was a slave to myself. I was so wrapped up in me and making money and what other people thought of me and climbing to the top, I was a slave to that. Now, I thought it was freedom, but actually, it was a terrible prison cell. I want to share with you today God's take on slavery and freedom. Something that he reveals through the Apostle Paul and what he writes in his letter to the Roman church 2,000 years ago. We're going to pick up in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Have a listen. It's really good stuff. A really different angle. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as a slave, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Never really think about the fact that we're slaves to that rubbish, to wrongdoing, to anger and envy and selfishness and greed and and all that stuff. We think that's our freedom, but it's a delusion. Freedom makes your spirit sore. Freedom brings a delight to your heart. Freedom is an utterly wondrous thing. You look at it and you marvel at it and you wouldn't swap it for the world. And as I look back on what I used to call freedom, it was none of those things. Let's be honest. Cheating, stealing, gossiping, all that stuff, that's not freedom. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 6, verse 19, let me put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness which leads to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Those things resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God... The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. See, the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And what Paul's saying here is about swapping the bad slavery for a good slavery. See, at some point, Jesus comes knocking on your door with an invitation. An invitation. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.